this go for it hp lovecraft right Uh walks into a bar Uh he's got a poodle under one arm Uh and a two-foot salami under the other okay the bartender says i guess you won't be needing a drink and lovecraft says this joke is so funny you couldn't understand it using 100% of your brain and I mustn't describe it ever, dear listener. <laughs> Welcome, boys and girls, to a very cosmic episode of Halloween is Forever. I'm Brian. I'm Steve. And, um, and I was just like... You know, because you know, like, first of all, let me explain. And I've and I've I've been told many times the listeners love when I explain the jokes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. One, I took the joke from Breakfast Club, right? That Bender says. Oh, okay. And then I just said, uh, uh, "This is what happens when if H.P. Lovecraft did it, because he always says things are too scary to describe. But what if he told a joke and it was too funny to describe? Oh, get what I mean there." Not really, actually, because I never, I've never really seen the Breakfast Club. You've never seen the Breakfast Club? Not all the way through. How? Not all the way through. Dare you? Because here's the thing: the Breakfast Club, like A Christmas Story, another film I've never watched Mm -hmm. the entirety of, was always on TNT. Always. I was gonna say, you're are you anti TNT? Is that what I'm starting to get? Are you are you against uh, Turner uh, Broadcasting Network? I'm not against it. But it's just the fact yeah. that they were always on there. And anytime I seemed to catch them, I was just ca- mm-hmm. caught them on like the same scene or something. A scene I already saw. Mm-hmm. And I never caught the beginning. So I never saw those uh, movies A to B front to back. And then eventually yeah. I just got tired of them always being in my face. I'm like, I've seen five. I've seen the same five fucking minutes over and over. I don't want it anymore. Yeah, it is a very enjoyable movie. And it was one of my favorite movies as a kid. And I watched it a lot of times. There is a it is a relatively it's not a minor scene. It's it's a somewhat climactic scene. But uh, John Bender, played by one Mr. Judd Nelson, is climbing through the 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 roof, you know, to uh, he sneaks off and then he comes back and, you know, they're they're in detention. So he's he's being risky. Right. And as he's doing the risky stuff, he's telling himself this joke and kind of laughing to himself. And he's like a blonde walks into a bar. She's got a poodle under and he starts telling that joke. And then it's. Just as the punchline happens, he falls through the 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 ceiling and is like, "Oh shit!" And anyway, um, I don't know what the Breakfast Club connection was. It's just the idea of a joke not finishing, mm-hmm. but then also Lovecraft doesn't. You know, he, he things are too scary to describe. Right? Yeah, it's so too again, funny for him to. You know, and you can't. It's indescribably funny. You couldn't comprehend it. Right? Yeah. If you if you were to comprehend it your brain would would explode right because of the cosmic nature of its hilarity guys you're welcome once again i'm here to explain the jokes to you and tell you why they're funny um but guys we got other things to take care of not just funny ha-has we got spooky movies oh, spooky might be a strong word we got some movies to talk we about horny, we also got some horny fears. it's not so much spooky as Ooh. it is horny 
it is horny in a uh, problematic way at times. Um, but here's what I'm doing because we're going to get into all this 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 wacky, creepy horniness. Um, so to offset that, and listen, I'm, I got nothing against wacky, creepy horniness, but just to kind of balance that out, you know, so I don't end up climaxing during recording. <laughs> I have in the background, Steve, you'll appreciate it. Uh, one film uh, that is uh, a classic um, of, of the show. Punisher Warzone yeah. I do have on in the background right now just to just to kind of offset the horniness. Yeah, that's definitely um, not a horny. That's not a horny movie at all. <laughs> no, no, no. Opposite of horny. It's just like hell yeah, brother. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, horniness is kind of the other side of that coin, I think. So they're going to balance each other out a little bit. It's like it's like where you got to, you know, hey, you had a couple beers. You want to last the rest of the day. You got to stop. Have yourself a cup, cup of coffee. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Sim- similar situation. If I want to last the end of this show uh, without, like I said, coming, <laughs> I want to be <laughs> I want to be able to last. And so for that reason, it's like when you're trying not to finish and you go, you, you think, uh, uh, you know, baseball right. or uh, Mar- Margaret Thatcher on a cold day or whatever, whatever Austin Powers says in that movie or whatever. Think about something that's going to make you anti horny. I'm just thinking about the Punisher shooting people. Yeah. Right. Yeah, just shooting a, a which is a, cool, a, but just not in a horny way. Right. Yeah, just shooting an apartment full of people, and then there's the time he punches mm. a chair through somebody's face, and it's like that's fucking mm. rules, dude. But you know, <laughs> get hard for it. You just like fuck yeah, it's no. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I just started it, so he just cut that guy's head off at the table. The oh, rich yeah, people yeah. <laughs> knife, quah, cut his head off. The, the Santa sleigh beginning <laughs> with a knife that's really not even long enough to cut somebody's head off with. Right. <laughs> That's how strong he is, bro. (laughs) He's so strong. His hair is so slicked back. Um, All right, guys. In case you haven't wondered from the thing you you clicked on and also um, from how all this horny talk, we're talking about uh, Joe Lynch's 20 and 23 film, Suitable Flesh, starring just a horny, horny cast. Boy, I mean, just heartthrobs galore. And you know what? Bruce Davison included. Uh, I ain't ashamed to say it. He's a he's a hunk. Um, but we'll get into all that in a couple damn old minutes here. We got a few things we got to deal with at the top of the show. First of all, it's Saturday night. Little little peek behind the uh, behind the curtain. We're here. We're on the Discord. It's Saturday night. We're getting after some motherfucking beers. Okay. Uh, so Steve, what what are you drinking on over there? I'm back on my bullshit. I got yeah. From abjuration, there was that little glint in your eye. Oh yeah, uh, from abjuration, I have mm. their ice cream sour version one point twelve. Barf, and it's a sour <laughs> ale. Sorry, it's in a- <laughs> ice cream sour. Yeah, ice cream sour. It's a sour ale with honey, vanilla ice cream, cake, cinnamon, and milk sugar. Oh man, uh, something about the whole thing is like. And don't get me wrong, I love honey, but though that combination of things with like the the intense floral sweetness of honey sounds so disgusting. It's really not sour that. honey sounds really bad. Is it good? Oh yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I th- I, I feel like you would like this one actually. Just it's a lot more muted than you would think. Mm-hmm. Like most of most of the flavors you get are honey and cinnamon. Yeah, and it because it's trying it's trying to replicate, you know, uh, you know, honey cake dessert. 
Yeah. So it's trying mm. to be like that honey, that's, you know, that cinnamon honey cake with, you know, with, yeah. with an Alamode scoop on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm sure it's fine, right? I'm sure there's nothing wrong with it. It's just the name, something about dessert sours, just it, again, I am, I'm old, I'm curmudgeonly uh-huh. I've been making and drinking beer for too long. And that's just not what sour beers are to me. Right. You know what I mean? So that's why it's just it's just uh, uh, a sounds off putting. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's lovely. Um, I actually haven't had a lot of beers from Abjuration. I know they're they're over your neck. of the woods. not that we live that far away from each other, but over closer to where you live. Um, and I really haven't had many of their beers, mm-hmm. not because they're not good. It's just because I don't really gravitate towards that type of beers. But I, I need to I need to go branch out once again um you know i i'll go through these spurts where i'm just like loggers and my normal shit all the time and then like i'll get a little hankering you know when the season changes oftentimes i'll get a little hankering and go uh hey you know what i'm gonna drink some hazy ipas i'm gonna go drink some fruited sours and then i'll go fuck around in that business for a while and then i'll come back and drinking loggy beers and stuff like that but i think this year has been especially lazy because um I've just been really busy with work. So I haven't really had the chance to go out and do like a lot of beer shopping right. and doing a lot of just like go into the same local spot and just getting the same, you know, six pack, 12 pack of Pilsner Cal and like some high life or whatever, mm-hmm. um, or some fucking Keystone light or something. Um, and that's really what I've been doing, but well, maybe I can, I can convince you because, uh, you know, for those of who don't know, uh, you know, at the Abjuration Brewery, there's also a movie theater, and they have they they do off they do more off the wall kind of uh, screenings. They're more out there. Mm-hmm. Like I think they're doing like an Oscars program right now with uh, like the Zone of Interest is playing. But mm-hmm. on February 24th, they have a mm-hmm. they have a midnight screening. Mm-hmm. of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, a perennial favorite for me. Uh, maybe it will. Maybe it will. Go look at the calendar. Maybe, maybe go down and see some Rocky Horror things and spank each other with paddles and shit. I love, I, I've been to a lot of midnight, not a lot. I've been to several midnight showings of Rocky Horror. Always a fun uh, trip, but um, never never did a brewery. So, hey, maybe we'll, we've, I like my days of, uh, I feel like in the last year i've aged about 12 years i have gotten to the point where like there is a lot of nights i'm in bed by 10 o'clock like sleeping by 10 (laughs) o'clock um and the idea of a midnight movie and not getting home to like three in the morning is like genuinely trying to consider whether i could physically do it i'm sure i could guys you get some caffeine in you're fine um but uh, it's been a while. Okay. It's been a while. Okay. My, if, if not that, nights, I can yeah. give you one more idea. That's not mm-hmm. it. That's not midnight screenings. So they're also, mm-hmm. they're also running a Stephen King program. Okay. All right. And they have like, Listen. they have three weekends of Stephen King or like three weeks of Stephen King. And I they like have, uh, they have misery. Then they have a 35 millimeter print of Carrie. And then nice. March 21st, they have a 35 millimeter print of The Shining. Those are all 8 p.m. Oh. Those are all 8 p.m. So you can get that it's in. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. March 21st, day before Kate's birthday. Probably won't be able to swing that. But 
Uh, I, those are all those are all good ones. Those are all good ones. Yeah, I need to figure out. I need to make plans. That's a problem. If I make plans, say, hey, I'm going to go do this, and I'll go do it. But if I don't, I just go like, hey, maybe I'll check that out. Uh, then then it comes and goes, and I never do shit. So, mm-hmm. um, all right. Well, here's what I'm drinking. And before you get mad at me, because you say, what the fuck, Brian? You're really drinking the exact same beer you were drinking last time? Drinking the Pilsner Kel? Here's why. I don't like to do that. But this is the perfect movie because this movie, in a lot of ways, is the story of Stefan Urkel. Okay. Of, uh, <laughs> of, of family matters fame for those of you who remember uh the the 90s sitcom family matters of course you remember one mr steve urkel right nerdy little guy drove a weird car that opened from the front uh was in love with uh, laura winslow we all were in love with laura winslow um but this is the story of the real life uh stefan urkel if you remember in the show steve urkel built himself a machine a la the fly type of machine. But when he went into it, hit a little button, bing, bang, bong, some smoke happened. He came out. He turned from this dorky little nerdy guy and talk like this and, blah, blah, you know, and had the crazy outfit and all this stuff to this hunk. And the hunk's name was Stefan Urkel. So it was Steve Urkel, but not, not, not this guy. He's sexy. It's Stefan Urkel. The character who we'll talk about a little bit more of Asa Waite in this movie, when the the entity takes him over in the body swapping, he goes from this little dorky guy to straight up Stefan Urkel and then just starts just starts porking left and right. He goes from this insufferable little greasy haired dork to like suave um, borderline, not borderline, suave sex criminal Ace of Weight, <laughs> um, uh, uh, just at the at the at the drop of a hat. So he's he's a he's a Stefan Urkel type character. So I actually had another beer lined up, and I said I drink this beer all the time during the show, and usually I have no reason for it. This is actually a reason for drinking this beer because it plays into the theme of the movie. I. Maybe. I think you're stretching it, though, because in this film, we're dealing with an old god entity that swaps body to body, whereas Mm -hmm. Urkel and Stefan shared the same body. It was just a different part of his personality that he unlocked. It wasn't a new entity entering his body. True, but from the outside perspective, it seems similar. Nerdy guy, snap of the fingers, sexy boy. Sure. Sure. Buttery boy. Now, all of a sudden, <laughs> but, you know, so again, listen, the, 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 the episode isn't predicated on this beer. <laughs> it's just I'm trying to tie in why this might make a little bit of sense. Um, but that's all right, guys. Listen, you don't have to agree with my decision here. Uh, I'm drinking sp- Pilsner Raquel again. Uh, no, no, there's no surprises. Um, all right. Let's get into uh, our next order of business. We got to talk about, first of all. We're going to talk about our topic for uh, uh, the, the, the somewhat less sucky month of March, our showdown topic. And you might be asking yourself, what the hell's a showdown? Here's what it is, guys. Listen up. Open your fucking ears. This is what happens. First Monday of every month. We have some tasty content that comes out every single month. Monday. Um, and if you're a, a, a patron of ours, you get sometimes a little bonus episode we'll talk about in a second. But every Monday on the free feed, 
you get uh, a new little tasty bit of content, usually in the form of a mini show. They're not really that many. They're like two hours long. But once a month, the first Monday of every month, we do what's called a showdown episode uh, where we have a topic that is ultimately selected from three topics that we put out on the social medias, on the Instagrams and the Twitters and the X's and things for our social media friends and listeners to pick from. Those three topics come from a, a topic randomizer from this big old list that we have tabulated. Uh, we pick three. We put them on there. You vote. Ultimately, we land on one that topic becomes our showdown topic, wherein myself, Steve, oftentimes a guest, we will pick a movie associated with that topic. We'll talk about it. We'll argue. We'll vote. Someone will end up taking home that son of a bitch championship strap for the month. Steve took home that strap uh, for uh, for the the just ass month of February. Um, he ended up getting that punishment episode last week. Um Steve, I blocked it out of my brain. What did we do last week for the punishment episode? Fish piss. Something. <laughs> it was fish piss. We were, I was forced to watch a trauma, and I'm using the air quotes you can't see unless you're in the Discord here, film <laughs> called Fish Piss. Uh, I hate it. I have um, threatened to fight the filmmakers, um, and that offer still stands. Physical fight them. Um but uh, now we're back on uh, to our regular mini so bullshit. We're going to talk about a different movie tonight. But we put out three topics on the social medias. If in the future you want to help us vote or perhaps you have suggestions for for uh, uh, showdown topics or even mini so topics, you can send them to us. You know, we're at Halloween is forever, pretty much on all the social medias and the social, the, the Instagram and, and the Facebooks. And I think we're at Hallow forever on on X, formerly known as the Twitters. Um, and then, of course, uh, you can check us out uh, if you want to send us just fucking old fashioned email. You can do that. It's Halloween is forever pod at Gmail dot com too. you can absolutely do that. We put this out there. Here are the topics that the randomizer chose for us. One of them actually came from. Uh, one of our patrons. So we'll talk about our Patreon program here in a second. Did Dan give us that one? Was that Dan? No, that was Ron. Ron gave us. Oh, that was Ron. That's right. Stuff. That's right. That's right. Dan's Dan's joined us in the Discord. Welcome, as always, my friend. Uh, Ron, uh, one of our other patrons, um, uh, suggested this. And if you want to be a patron, we'll talk about that in a damn second. Sometimes you get a little, little opportunity to influence the show. Ron suggested Killer Clowns as a topic, which is a topic that I think is probably on our wheel in some capacity, yeah, but it hasn't come up. Uh, he suggested it. We said, hell yeah, we'll throw it in the, in the mix of those three. Uh, the other two that got chosen by the wheel uh, was Killer Cars. So Killer Clowns, Killer Cars. A lot of alliteration, guys. And then Gothic Horror. Uh, interestingly enough, Gothic Horror did pretty well, but as we expected, um, Killer Clowns, Ron's suggestion, did take it. Uh, with 53% of the votes on Instagram, and it won on Twitter as well, but I don't remember what the percentage is. Um, but we ended up uh, with Killer Clowns for the month of March. So, boys and ghouls, um, I think, I was thinking about this beforehand, I don't think, unless you disagree, I don't think we should go with any Meg Rails. Um, I think we just open it up. Uh, is there anything that you're like we really need to not do here's the thing the one that always sticks in my mind and i know it's the one you yeah. want to pick too 
is mm-hmm. you really, really want that killer clowns from outer space. And here's I do. Here is my case against this because when we okay. when we put up the Meg Rails, it's not always. I mean, it, it it's always because like we feel that film is the best, but also. Yeah. There's a little bit of maybe that film also deserves more time. So, like, mm. when we say we're not going to do The Shining for Stephen King, I also think from a, you know, from producer Steve's standpoint, I also think we yeah. should just have an episode dedicated to The Shining. Mm. And I kind of feel that way. Well, I kind of feel that way about Killer Clowns from Outer Space because we should just have an episode dedicated to that one. Yeah. And then that way we can be a little more, we can, we, we can, we can have a little more fun and, you know, poke around during a showdown. Yeah, I don't disagree with that sentiment. One thing I would say is this. Nor- normally, the Meg Rails are because there's this clear winner in terms of the quality of the movie. You know, Jaws mm-hmm. is a shark shark movie is is the is the the prime example we always give. I don't know that most people would just immediately forego and say Killer Clowns from Outer Space is the best. Like, I think most people, when you think clown movies, is going to say, are going to say it. Right? Yeah. Um, I guess. But, like, because. So you have the 90s it, which is more of a, a, a TV miniseries, isn't it? It's a little longer. Right. Miniseries. And then the one from mm-hmm. 17 is a two parter. So it's like mm-hmm. that's uh, that's the other thing I don't know if we really want to bother with is like, do we really want somebody picking it part one and then somebody else picking it part two? Well, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think we, that we would could, happen because I'll just be straight up no. honest. I don't like I don't like it 17 that much either parts. So, yeah, I like it, but I I wouldn't pick it. Yeah. Like I said, I'd want to pick Killer Clowns, but then yeah. also I, I have a couple other clown, couple other clown, clown business that I might pick uh, uh, as well. You know? Yeah, I, so, I feel like I'm also just trying. To, I honestly, I'm just trying to influence us to all go into the Tubi depths because there's so much clown I know content. You are. <laughs> y- 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 yeah, you want to go, you want to go clown NATO and and that sort of thing, which is also fun. But like, I would be okay with with tabling Killer Clowns from Outer Space mm-hmm. as long as we agree as a whole. And also, I don't I, I don't know this for sure. I feel like the spirit of Ron's wanting to add that is so we talk about killer clowns from outer space. Oh, too. for sure. Yeah, <laughs> you know for sure. I mean? But I mean, we could also just promise Ron like, hey, we'll do because we uh, we have clown content coming up next week, too, in a in a, mm-hmm. in a side, you know, in a That's sideways true. fashion. We'll be talking clowns for a bit. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to get us to dive into the clown depths of tubi because like there's just so much clown <laughs> stuff on tubi well as long as we all agree and in a gentleman's agreement uh-huh. to in the coming let's say month to six weeks we promise ourselves that we are going to designate an entire minisode four and a half hours i'm just kidding an entire <laughs> episode to killer clowns from outer space because it is a top 10 movie for me I love it so much. I want to talk about it forever. I'm looking at all my Killer Clowns memorabilia. I want to get my gun out, my kill, my my blaster, and 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 put on makeup and just get wacky with it. Yeah. So as long as we agree to do that, I am okay with putting up that Meg rail. So let's say let's just call you know it's March Clownness. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it really rolls off the tongue. You're right. March Cloudness. So we'll we'll <laughs> we'll start the month with Dan. Dan is saying we suggest that we just change the showdown to Killer To Be Clowns. Just Killer To Be Clowns. To Be Clowns or not To Be Clowns? Uh, that is the question. Um, <laughs> but we, we started off. I'm okay. Yeah. We started off with the Clown Showdown, and then yeah. the last episode of the month will be the killer clowns from outer space there we go okay all right okay we got clown we got to do something better than march clown march clown <laughs> um, <laughs> so stupid so bad we'll come up with a better name for march but march will be uh uh the march of the clowns or mar um mar i don't know we'll come up with something i like it i like it now it's making me look forward to a month that otherwise is uh designated only to filthy illiterate Irish locusts. So let's uh, <laughs> let's stick with clowns for March. I like that. I'm gonna have to go back to the drawing board on what clown movie I want to talk about. I've got a couple that I really like. One I do think is probably gonna be on your radar, Steve. So I'm gonna have to get a backup. Okay, guys, tune in next week uh, where we announce our movies um for mm -hmm. for uh for for the march of the clowns or whatever the fuck we're gonna call it one more quick thing before we jump into this movie we alluded to the patreon and our our lovely patrons on patreon if you go to halloween is for i'm sorry patreon.com forward slash halloween is forever uh you could subscribe uh steve tell them tell them what what options they have over there and, and what they get if they become a a, a patreon subscriber to halloween is forever yeah, so if you come over Patreon, we have our very own clown town happen over there. But we got come two on levels. over Patreon way. Yep. Come on over. We're clowning we got, around. We got two levels. The first one is just kind of an introductory preview level. You can just kind of get in there, get a feel for what's going on, see a couple of the reviews that go up. You see some of the other posts. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you get an episode early, you know, things like that happen. Mm -hmm. Or you jump on, you go to the rascal tier. That's the day number there. one. That's the premium stuff, but it's only $5. Yeah. And with that $5, you get all the stuff on the other tier. You get the extra votes in the polls. You get mm -hmm. on the Discord, which means you can be here what? live. You can get in the chat. What? And you be in the chat. What? You can be what? suggesting <laughs> things for March. You can be telling us what the name what? for March is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> all of that. Oh yeah, you're, oh you're just. What if it's clown mania? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, clown mania. Yeah, March clown mania. Yeah, I like March clown, clown mania. Clown mania. Mm -hmm. That's got a certain ring to it. It's got a certain <laughs> ring to it. So you get all that, and then you also get the monthly exclusive podcast. Family is forever. That's also in yeah. that five dollar tier. Yeah, this is where Steve has tricked me into watching every. If you'd have told me a year ago said brian within the next year you were going to watch every single one of the fast and the furious movies i would have said you shut your goddamn dirty whore mouth <laughs> um but here we are and i have watched eight you've watched seven. you've watched seven we're gonna do eight I've soon. Watched seven we're gonna we have three left seven down three to go uh they're so bad they're so stupid um but the podcast is very funny because we just talk about how dumb the movies are if you like the movies if you were not provided enough oxygen in the womb or if your mom 
was a drinker when she was when you were in utero uh, <laughs> and you really like those movies, uh, you're probably going to like it because we talk a lot about them. Uh, or if you're just like a regular person and you understand how stupid they are, you'll like us. You'll like to hear us you know, ripping on them and talking about how dumb they are. Um, but. You know, it's fun either way. Either way, you're going to enjoy it. It's a lot of fun to talk about them. It is doing irreparable damage to my personal um, and professional life. Yeah, Uh, I will say that. Dan, I will say that. Dan just mentioned something about that in the discord, which you could be a part of if you're on Mm -hmm. Patreon. Uh, But Mm -hmm. he's right in that we kind of failed at doing the science for this experiment because we should have had you taking iq and cognitive tests before you started these films (laughs) yeah yeah and then after we finish the 10 we see where your brain is see if they actually mm -hmm. do like real harm and then we could have gotten them taken off the market if we could prove that yeah well (laughs) that's true well i will say this i've been doing a little something on the side dan um where i've just been going to the doctor periodically because i've been having you know panic attacks and um uh, the psyop is taking over my brain and just to give you a little bit of insight into what's happening for me i've developed a heart murmur um <laughs> and i have diabetes and i'm pretty <laughs> sure both of them are associated with with uh how uh with the the, the fast and the furious franchise now I, I i will say they do like all joking aside deliver like a certain amount of just I don't want to say stress, but just like even the word dread sounds sounds dramatic. But like I'm like, it's the second half of February and I haven't watched. I haven't taken my medicine this month. (laughs) And I'm like, damn it. I got to fucking watch because it's not like I'm watching a, 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 you know, an 80 or 90 minute movie. No, they're all two and a half fucking hours long. Yeah, you're watching. You're watching a modern epic. (laughs) oh my god so i really do genuinely dread it um and and i've got three left um and uh and here's here's the good thing yeah i I, i'm I'm catching a little bit of the the discord chat here luckily we are now at the point in the franchise where paul walker is dead Mm -hmm. which makes me happy that i'm not gonna have to see his stupid fucking face or his piece of shit acting anymore <laughs> because he is the worst part of no he's not he's honestly not he's so bad and i hate him but this franchise has has twisted and contorted in such a way to make vin diesel maybe the worst human being on the planet like uh. i hate vin diesel with a passion now <laughs> especially because of like the last like three movies uh, of the uh, of the seven so if you want to hear this, it really gets deep and it gets dark, guys. Uh, if you want to hear me really, really uh, 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 puke my guts out about the Fast and the Furious franchise and the harm that it's done to me personally, um, go on over to patreon.com forward slash Halloween's forever. Five bucks a month, right? It's like buying us uh, not even a beer, right? To split between the two of us. It's like Steve and I sharing a beer, two straws, old, you know, like a dang old soda shop style. Um, five bucks a month gets you a lot of cool stuff over there, including the Discord and and uh, and, and that bonus episode and reviews and all types of stuff. Okay, let's get into this son of a bitchin' movie. Uh, we are talking, like we uh, mentioned, that hilarious, hilarious joke at the top of the show 
a little Lovecraftian horror, which I am am always a, a fan. My did we end up doing? I know it's come up on the wheel before, Steve. Have we done a Lovecraftian horror showdown? I feel like we haven't because it's definitely come no. up on the wheel, but we haven't because I probably would have picked uh, the color out of space. The recently released one had we done it that's a good one that's a good one yeah i just remember having a conversation about uh about some of them i think i think it was i think it, you're right maybe at least once if not twice it's come up in the wheel but it hasn't actually come up um have you read a lot of lovecraft steve i've like i know a lot of these things are in the zeitgeist but yeah. have you read a lot personally i've read a good amount because i have like just one of those big compilation paperbacks mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't read this specific story it's based off of. Yeah. Yeah. Coincidentally, this is completely unplanned. Um, I did read this story like within the last couple of months and I actually, um, read a lot of Lovecraft like in college. Um, and then maybe like 10 years ago, went back and revisited some of his stuff. And then just in the last two months, coincidentally, I've read like two pretty large compilations of Lovecraft stories, um, including At the Mountain of Madness, uh, 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 Shadow Over Innsmouth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I've seen that one. Yeah. I just remembered I um, have this one sitting in my office. It's the, mm-hmm. the blood curdling tales. <laughs> yeah. Compilation. Yeah. There's so many. I mean, there, there's so many different compilations. I, I read two different compilations that had, you know, probably. 15 12 to 15 stories each and one of them uh this one was called out which this one if i recall was uh, somewhat shorter compared to uh like i said shadow over innsmouth at the mountain man is called cthulhu those are those are like almost novella length you know you're talking six 60 pages let's say give or take i don't remember for sure uh, but i want to say the thing on the doorstep was like less than 20 pages like this is a short a true short story but i read a lot of short stories and so you know hp lovecraft uh perhaps the the biggest uh uh influence in short uh short form weird fiction in history right almost in a lot of ways uh, uh kind of pioneered the the subgenre the thing in the doorstep um is a classic uh, uh kind of body swap type of tale mm-hmm. um there's some other obviously it plays into the entire the lovecraft uh mythos um there's a lot of like reoccurring characters you have uh you know Mississippi university um and and arkham and all these like towns and places and entities that that kind of permeate the entire world of of lovecraft this story i'm sorry this movie rather um i read was supposed to be Stuart gordon's i don't want to say supposed to be but would have likely been if for you know probably no no covid or, or a couple of you know uh, maybe another year or so would have been another or perhaps his last project, meaning Stuart Gordon's last project. Mm-hmm. Stuart Gordon, one of my all time favorite directors known for Lovecraft adaptations, of course, reanimator, um, uh, a really, really big one. Um, and, Dagon. Uh, you know, probably his most uh, Dagon. I love that you mentioned Dagon before, um, from beyond, um, <laughs> because I love, I love Dagon. Uh, that's a shadow over Innsmouth. Uh, I mean, well, the, well, the, 
the freaking frog people, fishy frog people, yeah. I forget what they're called. The, the race of fishy frog people is like a reoccurring um, a, a thing in, in the Lovecraft mythos. But um, the town of Innsmouth and, um, you know, uh, uh, the, the god Dagon and then whatever the hell the it's not like the great god Pan or something like that. Isn't the isn't that the uh, the, the female entity that is like the um, counterpart to Dagon? I forget. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of recurring characters and old gods and wild shit in in the Lovecraft universe, but this was supposed to be a, a Stuart Gordon flick, and then of course uh, we lost Stuart Gordon in twenty twenty. Was it twenty nineteen or twenty twenty? It's twenty twenty. Uh, yeah, um, and this project kind of fell to the wayside, and then from what I understand, and I don't know how much marketing this is versus how you know how much reality it is, but Joe Lynch. And a bunch of, uh, you know, Barbara Crampton, who is a, a, a Stuart Gordon, um, you know, reoccurring performer. And even Jeffrey Combs was tied to this for a period of time, but ended up having some sort of scheduling conflict. Um, kind of brought this to fruition was like, we, we need to make this happen. And instead of it being obviously, you know, Stuart Gordon's work, it's going to be almost a, a love letter um, or tribute to Stuart Gordon. So again, I don't know if that's the angle that was pitched when they when they pitched to producers or what, uh, or studios, but um, that that's kind of the way it was packaged up. Yeah, and I, and you can definitely feel that like what Joe Lynch is doing is pretty much all in homage to both Stuart Gordon and just '90s like horny sleaze films. Yeah. So, you know, like erotic, erotic thriller type. Yeah. These 90s movies. Yeah. Like um, even uh, 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 Brian Yuzna serves as an executive producer on this film. Did he? Yeah. I didn't. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't even notice that. I didn't even look it up. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he, he still, you know, Brian still had his you know, ties to the film, which, you know, he's also been the producer of a lot of other Stuart Gordon films, as well as just, you know, fucking insane films from you know his own directing <laughs> yeah and lovecraft adaptations right. too yeah. right he's been kind of almost a, a i don't say a protege but probably uh, of of student court stuart gordon in that way um joe lynch uh some really fun movies i'll be honest haven't seen a ton of his movies but i guess i've probably seen four or five between this one um uh, i did watch the creep show series of which he directed four episodes um, I don't remember which ones he did off the top of my head. Like I, I'm terrible with with uh, titles and connecting them to stories, but I would have to go in and look and see if I saw those ones. I I pretty much watched the whole series so far, I think. So, but love that series, Mayhem, which was a really fun movie from 2017. Um, and we did then that on the a, only other th- we did that on a showdown, I believe. I think that was a movie. Meg, I think we Meg picked on a showdown. Yeah, I remember us talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, really fun movie. Really, really fun, wild, fucking chaotic movie. I think the only other thing that I've seen from him, it, it, which we coincidentally talked about recently, is he did the uh, 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 B, um segment of Chillerama from 2011. Mm-hmm. We talked about Chillerama being a really silly, fun, um, uh, kind of intentionally schlocky uh oh god why am i blanking on the word um, anthology anthology jesus christ uh anthology movie from from 2011 so that's what fast and the furious movies do to your brain 
they really have taken a toll. They really have taken a fucking toll on my brain. Um, you know, I'm sure drugs and alcohol have as well. But yeah, but not, a, not. Have you seen some other movies on here that you can that you can vouch for that I should check out, Joe Lynch wise? Because I'm looking at the ones I've watched. I'm like, I like all of these movies. I really should check out some of these other ones. Not that he has an enormous amount of directing credits, mm-hmm. um, but any of these other ones. Like I, I vaguely remember Wrong Turn Two, and I remember like not completely hating it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, just that genre of film isn't like totally up my alley all the time. Uh, and then he mm-hmm. directed the Knights of Badassdom, which is, yeah. it, it, it was a, it's a funny, silly kind of, uh, it, it, like, I don't want to say rip off cause I don't remember the timing, but do you remember that? Like that Paul Rudd, I forget who his partner is in, in that film, but like they're they're doing the LARPing and everything. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um oh gosh. It's, I remember it because it's got the little kid actor in right, it. Yeah. And then it's got it's got the guy from American Pie. Oh Sean William like, Scott. Uh, That's what yeah. Sean William Scott, yeah. yeah. And they're like uh that actually is a fairly funny movie, but it's um god damn, what's it called? Role models. Okay, yeah, role models. So like this film is I think, right? That's it. Yeah, yeah. So Knights of Badass them. I feel like it came out around the same time. And this is where I was getting confused because Steve Zahn is in this movie. And I mm. for some reason was trying to put Steve Zahn in this Sean William Scott role of role models. But it's all Yeah, yeah. Like it's all in that same vein of like we were making we were making like a lot of LARPing films back in the early twenty tens for some reason. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah. But I mean this this one isn't bad either. And this one is much more along the lines of it starts as uh, LARPers having to actually take on uh, demons from hell. Mm-hmm. So it like, yeah, it has it has like horror elements to it and it has like a horror adventure. Um, what was that other one that had like Danny McBride and James Franco in it and then Natalie Portman in a in a metal bikini? The fuck was that other one? But it goes in the same All line. I can think. <laughs> Yeah, all I can think of is the, this is the end or whatever that one. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I mean, it's, there's there's a handful. There's obviously there's a handful of fucking LARPing D and D comedies out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will also say, as a complete side note, guys, go check out Punisher Warzone. I forget. <laughs> <laughs> the, the bad guys in this movie are dick tracy level and i love it oh, all yeah. right let's get back to <laughs> i'm just watching the background i'm like god i forgot i forgot the scene where he just starts to just destroying mirrors he just gets Fuck mad yeah. at mirrors yeah um any anyway guys we're just gonna periodically throughout this episode drop in on me watching punisher Warzone, and i'm just gonna continue to pitch that movie watch that <laughs> instead of suitable flesh you guys um no no, no this is no. i i don't know i'm interested to see what you think because i had mixed feelings on it i i think went in with relatively high expectations because people seem to fucking love this movie um yeah i'm all in on it i, I wouldn't say i'm all in on it i i liked it i liked it i'll probably watch it again and and maybe I'll like it more, but I feel like I expected more for whatever reason uh, from it. But um, getting back to the story. So this is based on a story called The Thing on the Doorstep, relatively, sh- you know, a short H.P. Lovecraft short story about um, 
you know, body swapping and particularly using body swapping, not in a freaky Friday. This is wacky. We're in the same boat kind of way, more in a uh, victimizing, almost um, vampiric type of preying on uh, the public type of way. Uh, almost like the host, you know, jumping from body to body and there's some specific rules around it and that sort of thing in the movie. At least I don't recall that there was that much of that. It was a lot more cryptic in in the short story, if I recall, yeah. um, does have a lot of those 80s and 90s vibes so much so that I, I'm interested to see to hear your take on this. Let, let's run down the, the performers first, and then I want to talk about the performances because I am torn on whether I like some of these or don't um so you have first of all great cast uh first of all i mean three of these four people like not a big cast by any stretch of the imagination but the first three i'll mention i are all people that like i'll watch a movie just because they're in it right Mm -hmm. heather graham is the first one so heather graham plays dr elizabeth derby nod to the character in the story um the name derby um She's great, and I I like her in almost everything, and I will typically watch something just because Heather Graham is in it. Um, my gal, Babs, Barbara Crampton. Uh, I you we, we, my my love for her knows no bounds. I'll watch anything with her in it. Uh, she plays Doctor Daniela Upton, right? I'll be honest with you, right off the bat, no surprise. Wanted more Babs. Would have liked sure. to see more Babs sure. in this one. She's not in it enough. Um, and then I'll jump away from the, the other kind of lead um, and talk about uh, one Mr. Bruce Davison. Love this guy. Um, we've talked about him on the show before. He plays a, oh, a, 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 a super pivotal role, albeit a somewhat um, uh, smaller role as Ephraim Waite. And then we have uh, Judah Lewis, who is a guy who I've seen before, um, definitely recognized his face. I don't know that I've seen him in anything, but I feel like he's in a lot right now and he's kind of very much up and coming. Maybe he's more established than than I thought. But, um, you know, I feel like, uh, uh, you know, as a fucking approaching 40 year old person, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's one of them new kid actors. <laughs> you know, he's like fucking 25, probably. But um he plays Asa Waite. Oh, so this is what I know him from right off the bat. Christmas Chronicles. Um, so my kids love Christmas Chronicles and Christmas Chronicles Part 2. That's what he's from. So that's okay. what I recognize him from. I think what most people probably know him from is the uh, babysitter, uh, uh, the babysitter from 2017 and the babysitter killer queen from 2020, uh, at least uh, genre folks. And then I also did see him, although I don't remember what character he Oh, he's much. Yeah. Okay. I remember now he in uh, summer of 84, which is um, I guess it gets some love, but is not really talked about that much. And is a really well acted, if not a little bit predictable movie. And that's all I've seen him in. But yeah, he is, you know, a, a young up and coming talent. I would go as far as to say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I I've seen him in the babysitter series of films, the two of them. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's, he's fine in those movies. I mean, I think obviously the standout is Samara weaving in those films, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, like he, I think he does a really good job in this film with what yeah. he's asked to do because essentially, because we're dealing with a body swap film, obviously everybody has to play two to three to maybe even four characterizations. Mm hmm. 
uh, of you know like they have to play the character as the character they have to play the they have to play themselves when they're possessed by other people so like judah has to do it three times because he has to do it as himself he has to do it when he's possessed by the bruce davison character and then he has to mm-hmm. do it when he's essentially swapped with heather graham so yes yeah and i think i yeah. think he does a good I, I think he does a good job with that i think he does too i really liked his performance i thought it was convincing i thought it was campy when it needed to be i really liked him and it's and it's difficult because and I'm saying this like a little bit tongue in cheek, but perhaps only like 40%. He's setting him like he's got the card stacked against him because he's got that like uh, 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 young guy heartthrob face and haircut. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like super handsome baby face ish type of guy. But he's got that like. He looks like if he was born 20 years earlier, he would have definitely been cast in Cruel Intentions. Like he's got that look to him, you know? He was just too young to hit the Twilight series.Es yeah, 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 yeah. He is he is 2020's uh, 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 what's the f- something Ryan Philippi okay <laughs> kind yeah, of thing. yeah Ryan Philippi. <laughs> um, uh, what's the what's the kid who was in that movie that was filmed in Pittsburgh? It's like Taylor Lautner or whatever. Taylor Lautner is the is the is the uh, Twilight one of the Twilight guys. Yeah, yeah. I just remember his yeah. like because he did a film since he did a film in Pittsburgh, and like he, yeah. it was supposed to be like his big vehicle because it was his first like starring mm-hmm. role outside of Twilight. And it's just like yeah, I don't know. I don't know the kid that well or anything, but it's just like he just has dumb face. It like he, yeah. he he's like I'm jacked and I have dumb face and it's like please take me seriously it's like sorry we can't bro you have dumb face you we we can't he has dumb face for sure you know what though I will say this now uh, who who's the other guy who plays opposite him who was in the lighthouse and all that Robert Pattinson uh, and played Batman Robert Pattinson so Robert Pattinson I I don't think it's even fair to talk about them in terms of level of acting talent uh-uh. Robert Pattinson is like genuinely a fucking amazing actor right and uh, and and the other guy like I think is questionable at best I would even go as far as to say I think this this uh, 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 Judah Lewis is probably on a different level of acting as Taylor Lautner yeah yeah. <laughs> um, but I, but like Taylor Lautner, if he was really a great actor, it could stand out, but he's not. So, yeah, didn't, but I mean, know? I'm just saying, like, when we think of like the Twilight series, or at least when I do, I think everybody yeah. in that series is just fucking dumb face. And then it took these yeah, other yeah, movies, yeah. you know, to like separate them. And then, like, now you can actually it ap- turns out, like, actually, a lot of them are really good, <laughs> right? And you can, <laughs> like, and you can appreciate wild, but you can appreciate Robert Pattinson, you can appreciate Kristen Stewart with all the crazy things they're yeah. doing. So like yeah. this Asa White, he has or not Asa White, the uh, Judah, he has yeah. he has Twilight Dumbface, but now he's doing things to like separate himself. So he's like doing himself a good yeah. service by like playing these weird roles. And it's like, oh, great. You know, mm-hmm. like you're not just going to be like the you're just not going to be like a, a beefcake kid, even though he's like beefcake yeah. in this movie. <laughs> He is a little beefcakey, but but he's like a a slinky, creepy beefcake. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you can get away with it. He's not a he's not a baby face. You know, he's problematic beefcake. Yeah. He's a heel beefcake, right. which is like uh, ultimately, I think, is a safer play anyway. Uh, yeah. Really liked his performance. So he's he's my favorite. Bruce Davison, uh, Bruce Davison, I think, plays it really. He's he's just kind of a treat every time you see him on screen. I mm-hmm. love him. 
Um, he, but so those two, Judah Lewis's performance and Bruce Davis's performance as Asa and Ephraim Waite, the father and son, um, are really, I want to say over the top, but they're, they are big, big performances, yeah. right? Yeah. A performance that you could see, God, this movie needs some Jeffrey Combs in it. But if Jeffrey Combs was in this, he would fit right in with those performances. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. It, but it, it's like on the other. Would he would he play Ephraim or would he maybe play like that detective and have maybe a little bit of yeah. a bigger role if he was the detective? I could see that. I could also see him playing. Yeah, he probably would have played Bruce Davison's character and they would have aged him up a little bit. Um, even though he's probably comp similar age as Bruce Davison, but like he, he can play younger. Bruce Davison is just, you know, looks a little older. Right. I don't know how close they are in age actually, but, but Jeffrey Combs can, can, can kind of play up and down in terms of age. I think better. I would imagine he would be in that role if I had to guess. Mm -hmm. Heather Graham is obviously the big kind of star power here, but Heather Graham and, and Barbara Crampton for, especially Barbara Crampton for, for genre film fans, uh, carries a lot of weight. Why did they, aside from the fact they're doctors, uh -huh. they have these very stilted at times clinical performances. And I get the idea, especially the fact that Heather Graham's character is going from, you know, her body being uh, taken over. It makes sense for her to be really clinical and kind of stilted and, and straight laced when she's herself so that there's a bigger contrast when somebody takes over her body. But it almost plays as like, um, <laughs> oh God, he just shot the guy out of the air with the fucking rocket launcher. <laughs> <laughs> I got to bring that out. Guys, that's your update for this 10 minute pit span here. We've got a, we got some some Punisher Warzone. He shot the guy out of the midair who was doing a flip uh, with a rocket launcher and then shot a guy between the eyes and then blasted the guy's knees out. <laughs> so good. Um, anyway, it's just the, the stilted nature of their performance felt really uh, dissonant compared to uh, Judah Lewis and, and Bruce Davison, especially in the scenes they were together with Asa, with Asa Waite and 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 Doctor um, Derby. So um, I should I'm switching back and forth between the characters and and the actors. But Judah Lewis and Heather Graham together, it made sense because he's trying to seduce her, he's trying to get her out of her shell, you know that sort of thing. But I don't know. It just I don't know if it's a directing thing, but it made for boring dialogue at times yeah me. i think it's fair to say that it's a little boring when uh heather graham and uh barbara crampton are just kind of going back and forth with doctor speak and kind of like the we're, we're besties type stuff mm -hmm. but i also think that's the point like when it swings because when it does swing. It swings wild and it becomes so weird and upsetting. Yeah. And I think a lot of what people are missing with this film is how dedicated this film is to being a 90s erotica throwback. Like it is yeah. so important to that film and it's so important to understanding those movies of the past of mm -hmm. not just like species, but I mean you had to watch fucking Cinemax. Like if you didn't watch, yeah. like if you don't, if you've never seen a Kira Reed or 
Shannon Tweed film, this might mm-hmm. go over your head. You have to you have to know that little bit of horny. <laughs> I really think it went over a lot of people's heads too, like with, with reviews and and I like that entity. Like I I like that element of it because it felt like something I had never watched before. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've watched those types of movies before, but this felt like the first time I watched somebody doing a characterization of of those types of movies yeah. or, or or a tribute to those types of movies. So for that reason, it felt very fresh and um and and dissonant and unpredictable for that reason um so that really got me psyched up like the way it was shot early on it's shot in this very flat low budget cinemax way straight to straight to 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 cinemax type of way right straight to vhs type of way super bright super soft focus Super soft focus. It just everywhere. feels like you're in a fucking like it, I. I would say it feels like you're in a fucking dentist office half the time. Yes, yes, and and like yeah. that's. I mean, it's all. I can understand if people don't like that, but also that's yeah. the point. Like if you're paying tribute yeah. to Stuart Gordon and horniness, and like from beyond is a lot of this. Like from yeah. you know from beyond is like a lot of so, soft focus horny. <laughs> So, yeah, but you have to understand the the language of what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Like the biggest giveaway to this film that they're doing something that you may or may not understand why they're doing it is the iris wipes. Nobody fucking <laughs> uses iris wipes except for George Lucas. So I was like, gonna say the transitions like are camp, pure camp. Yeah. So like that, that should be your biggest clue. It's it's funny we're talking about this this week, and then like just earlier on Twitter, the 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 debate about like is Starship Troopers satire or whatever came up again. Yeah. Uh, okay. And it's like there's so many clues in there that should make you more curious about the film. Like when mm-hmm. Neil Patrick Harris shows up, basically dressed as an SS officer. And there's all (laughs) the little interstitials that Verhoeven puts in that are like, I'm doing my part. Would you like to know more? That's all like Nazi propaganda stuff that should make you more curious to look into. Oh, what is this all about in this film? Yeah, That's the wink. That's the wink and the nod. Right. Yeah. That's that's the hard wink. That's the one that really is like. "Mm." (laughs) And and then you can in case in case you haven't got it. Yeah wink wink but yeah. like there's somehow you know somehow that movie's from 1997 and people still haven't got that it's a fucking fascist parody yeah but with this film the the hard wink to the audience is that there's iris wipes and then that should be <laughs> your clue to go oh wait is this doing something else and then you you think you learn about it you, you know if you don't know about yeah. it you learn about it and you go oh we're doing fucking Skinamax erotica is what this is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's weird because I think this is what throws people off. Um, and, and the reason that I, these are the reasons we're talking about. These are the reasons I like the movie. We haven't really got to the, the reasons that I, I, not that I don't like the movie. I actually do. I did really enjoy it. I just felt a little let down at points by it, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but I think this got really marketed as a Lovecraft cosmic horror mm. when it should it should have been this is a this is a 98 late 80s early 90s to mid 90s 
uh, uh, erotic thriller Stuart Gordon thing. Yeah. But I can see why that is so much less marketable than saying cosmic horror because you have all these movies this you know color out of space and like it's it's all of a sudden very fashionable right to do lovecraft lovecrafts again yeah 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 um you've got lovecraft country you've got like five or six different like significant properties um i you keep hearing that they're going to do something around uh, at the mountain at the mountains of madness again mm-hmm. lovecraft is so hard to do because of the incredible um abstract nature of his like the way he describes characters and like the fact that so much of it and this is part of the reason why i love and hate reading lovecraft is i will get bored during lovecraft stories quite often (laughs) um like he for me is the definition of like purple prose yeah (laughs) where it's just like bud uh, we have done two pages of you describing just how eerie this countryside is. Like, come on, just get it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's basically Lovecraft was trying to do Poe as a insufferable nerd. Right. Like that. That's <laughs> and it just doesn't flow in the same way that Poe does. And Poe, like you could argue is like now that was a little bit more of the time. But in his always French influence and stuff was very purple pro, you know, uh, 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 you know, ultim- incredibly amount of dis- description so much um, just breaking down every little visual. Some people love that. I like it to a certain extent, but get bored of it at times, too. Yeah. If they were to describe this as. 1990 erotic thriller Stuart Gordon tribute. I think expectations would have been set better. Yeah. But yeah, you don't necessarily pull in the same audience as you do with just saying Lovecraft, you know, cosmic horror. I think it's also things you don't because you don't get those landscapes and all that, that crazy monolithic esoteric shit in this movie. You just don't get it. Right. You get some. The only thing that screams Lovecraft besides some of the themes is some fucking pictures of ne- Necronomicon shit yeah. and, and a, and a reference to Mississippi university and stuff like that. Yeah. And then there's like a banner with a, with a Shagoth fucking drawn on it. Um, yeah. It's also just kind of worth like thinking about Lovecraft as a writer in the way of thinking about that first film of the train coming towards the fucking screen. Like in, the 1900s what lovecraft was writing was horrific to those people mm-hmm. like oh yeah they were like people were pissing themselves yeah fainting yeah. reading it they, somebody read about a foggy glen and shit their pants they're like i can't <laughs> go like, any further tell me that's a fucking crab with wings fuck you piss their pants yeah um <laughs> guys quick update he just punched through a kid's face he was doing coke <laughs> so great but you, um, you, and then shotgunned a guy you, from point blank range <laughs> but you needed a fainting couch to fucking read yeah. lovecraft in the early 1900s you know because you would get uh, yeah, you yeah, would yeah. catch a you would catch a spell and fucking lay down and go oh this book i can't anymore <laughs> it's giving me it's giving me the vapors yeah um yeah but and i get it like it's it's a fucking hundred years old right um but they don't really deliver on any of those promises in this movie like no. this is almost like a fucking chamber piece you yeah, know yeah, what yeah. i mean it's you know a couple of people they're in the up now we get some great gore 
Um, which I, I don't know. Do you want to go through the plot of this movie? Like, do, do we want to go through a little bit closer plot points? We can kind of high level some of it, I guess. I mean, I feel like um, like if you if you know the story, I feel like the audience already understands that we're just kind of talking body swap stuff and that mm-hmm. it's just like you're going from one person to another. So I don't know that we need to go too, too in depth to it. Like, it's not sure. Again, it's not that much about the story per se as it is just about like the set pieces and the way they filmed it. Well, and I honestly, I think if you, if you really, I just saw it the one time and, and full disclosure, we decided to do this movie this week and I'd already watched the movie. So I didn't take my normal notes and I went through and like, I found a plot synopsis, but I didn't take my normal notes that I normally take. Um, But I will tell you just from, from watching it kind of casually and drinking some beers. um, Actually, I ate mushrooms Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and watch this just a little, just a little, just a little, little bit, tiny little guy, just a little tiny guy, just enough where at the end, when they do the spinning camera thing, I was like, Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> so I was a little, dis- I was a little disoriented by that. By the time that came in, like I probably, I probably, uh, ate, ate, ate one, uh, like honestly probably like 40 minutes before i started the movie so like right as i started the movie or a couple minutes after is when i started to feel the effects and then by the end i was like wow, wow, wow. um <laughs> which is great for the climax the sure, climax yeah. is the best part yeah you um, go into the washing machine and it, everything is shaking and everything is bloody <laughs> uh, yeah well so and this is movie especially the last sequence is like shell game the movie mm-hmm. so as any good body swap horror will be like there's a question as to who's in what body the one thing i really wish and and jumping forward to like where i wish they did more the cool thing for lovecraft for me is not the descriptions of fucking you know the crumbling walls of innsmouth like that's cool i like that that's fine it goes a little long at times for me. I'm like, I grew up reading King where it's like bing, bang, bong. Mm-hmm. Like, let's fucking tell a story. It's character driven. Whereas Lovecraft is, like I said, it's this purple prose. It's very like, uh, let, let's describe vibes the driven texture of the texture of the exactly texture of the walls of Innsmouth for nine years. Um, <laughs> but so the one thing I really, the thing that I love about Lovecraft is the description of the really esoteric wild ideas when lovecraft gets wacky and starts describing flying crab creatures i'm like the fuck bro we're we're talking about goddamn flying crab creatures and like in this instance we have some sort of entity that has been jumping from body to body for millennia but we barely get into it right all we do is you have Ephraim, who's Ace's father, so Bruce Davison's character, starts out with the entity in him. He transfers to other people by just saying some words, which is like, mm, I feel like you got to do something, like at least cut your hand and wipe it on their face or something. But you just got to say some words literally into the telephone. That's all yeah. you need. And then you can swap bodies with them. But if you do it three times, then it's permanent. So it's him jumping from bodies throughout history. He says that he's been doing it forever and he's experienced uh, all this stuff and and time means nothing to me because I've existed for so long. That stuff's cool. Yeah. Tell me more of that. Okay. But they don't. No, no. I, I think this is where I like it because this film is actually kind of similar to The Thing in that 
we are thrown into a situation and I like I like films that have this kind of hook to it too where mm-hmm. we're thrown into a situation and we have our protagonist and our protagonist can stop what's about to happen very very early on so like mm-hmm. in the thing they could shoot the dog shoot right? the yeah. dog in the thing if you shoot the dog none of that happens in this film yeah if you just you know like let Asa kill his dad or help Asa kill his dad None of this happens, or you don't. You stick a knife in his brain, yeah. and it's over. Yeah, or you, or more to the point, like you just don't even help him, like get his fucking heart medication. Don't get his heart medication. Yeah. Don't let him survive the heart attack, and then everything's yeah. fine. So, like, yeah, I like I like that, and you, it's just a protagonist thrown into a thing rather than us getting like this kind of sweeping backstory of like oh here's when i was you know an assyrian and here's during the babylonian ages where i fucking switched over you know it's like meh. like i i know that's fun but also i don't need it see that's the stuff i like is like well so first of all like the thing is perhaps the most famous lovecraftian horror movie of all time mm-hmm. like the thing john carpenter's the thing is is straight lovecraft right it's part it's part uh uh this this story it's part at the mountains of madness and it's part uh 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 shadow out of time mm-hmm. so like the, the, those are really like what you know i think the you know probably a whole host of it but it's a very lovecraftian story i want to know speaking of shadow out of time like the i want to know oh so you went back and went to all the lovecraft spots you went to fucking the hills of west virginia you went to the arabian desert you went to the fucking south pole you went to all the lovecraft you went to fucking insmith or 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 whatever um you know red hook uh like you you went to all the the mystic sites and read the mystic books uh that are the through lines or or the fabric that is woven into all the people who get tied up into Lovecraftian stories. Instead, it's just like, I'm a guy. I always been this guy. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm just going to keep doing the, this guy stuff. It's fine. But like make it special. If you're going to market it as something like Lovecraftian, like make give it the give it the Lovecraft so your so, secret spice put the Lovecraft version of Lowry seasoning on yeah. this, you know. So you're more upset that the 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 entity or the Shagoth or whatever it is we're dealing with here isn't as interested in trying to like it. It doesn't have bigger plans beyond just coming. <laughs> like that's that's his big yeah, yeah, that's yeah, his yeah. big plan. It's <laughs> like I'm a bust nuts. You've been doing this for thousands of years and all you're trying to do is burst nerds. Yeah, like, that's all he's trying to do. You don't have any type of, you're not trying to ascend. You're not trying to do it. You know, obviously part of his thing is like, he's also like the, the, the feel, the feeling of power of overcoming a new body. And obviously he's been doing it for thousands of years, but this is the first time he did it with a pretty lady. Yeah. So you're like <laughs> that, that, that was just kind of lame. Like, cause he even says like, I, I don't remember what, um, what gender I was born. Right. Like, I, I think that I was born a man. I feel like I was born a man, but I've been doing this so long that I actually don't even remember what my original gender was. Yeah. And that was kind of cool. I was like, oh, cool. So you've been like doing this motherfucking thing for a minute. But then for him to go, I just popped into this 
horny 20, 22 year old heartthrob body. Hell yeah, brother. Been trying to get this done. Then let's go into this 55 year old woman. Why? Why now? And then he acts like this. He's like, this body is exquisite. And he's like, is it? Like, listen, no, no disrespect to Heather Graham. She's gorgeous. But like, why were you so eager to after this whole plan and whatever of like jumping from this old man's body who obviously was like sick and all this stuff? It just didn't check out. Why was it so hard? It actually seems really easy to jump from body to body, especially if you've been doing it for thousands of years. I feel like I just learned about this 40 minutes ago Mm -hmm. and like this seems pretty easy. Like I feel like I got it. So (laughs) for you to then, you know, spend all this time finally getting into the son's body and you could argue like he's just toying with him, right? He's just got a fish on the line and he's just bobbing him. Right. But then why is he so eager to get into, have you really never been a woman and like, fuck dudes before yeah. in thousands of years <laughs> you know just forgot you just were like what if after t- ten thousand years of jumping bodies maybe i should do some gay shit <laughs> and he's, like, and he's like hell yeah brother this is wild well that's the like th- really this whole time that's 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 the best this is the first time you did that <laughs> well that's the thing brian he's been a dude all this time because patriarchy has been so prevalent for all that time why would you want to be a lady getting you know being made into servitude there's no point to that but you have ten thousand years of of (laughs) wisdom to play that to your advantage and you were just like ten thousand years of being dudes you think i should be a lady for a minute what if i feel boobs (laughs) like my own boobs that'd be sick you know what i mean it's like Really? This is the first time this occurred to you? They even say at one point while he's in Heather Graham's body or it, it's in Heather Graham's body. It, they, they say the future is female. So like he, you know, it, yeah, there's, but, there's but an but illusion. This is 2023. You just got to this? Like, <laughs> no, it's 1993, I'm not saying Brian. Back, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so I'm not saying you go back to the 1600s and become a peasant woman, but right. like if you have 10,000, I'm just saying 10,000 years of experience and you can get into the court of the queen or something mm-hmm. like that and get into the queen's body. Right. It's just like he got into Heather Graham's body and then like he like t- flicked his bean for the first time. And he was like, whoa, yeah, <laughs> you never did that it, in t- all these lifetimes. It, 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 by all rights, it should have been, you know, in Cleopatra at some point. You yeah, know. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, some, I know, some, yeah, some, some Queen Elizabeth, some shit like that. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I'm just kind of fucking with you, but the yeah, the idea is it should either be as simple as like this is Ephraim Waits' first time trying to transfer a body. So like he mm-hmm. Ephraim Waits spent all his time and money to collect these you know sacred texts to find the yeah, one. He f- had to figure out this esoteric solution to his problem of dying of cancer. Right. Right. And then he figures it out and then transfers to Aces and then, you know, just on a whim transfers to Heather Graham's body. But if it's if it's this old God that's been doing it for a long time and Ephraim really never had a personality of his own or anything, he was just taken over by the demon. And then the demon, you know, just didn't want to die in that body. Fine. But it should feel more mundane when he jumps into a woman's body. 
because he should have been everything under the sun at this point. Yeah, he's you would think so. Yeah, he should have been like, you know, a white guy. He should have been like a Native American two soul. He should have been just like every possible. He should have been a furry, a real early furry. (laughs) Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Something like do some do at this point, you would have you would have think that you would have done every, you know, wacky, kinky, wild shit Mm -hmm. under the sun. Yeah, you know. And then like you're, um, you would have been done Vince McMahon shitting on people. Right. You yeah. Done, like, yeah. <laughs> you've, you've done you've done the scat stuff. You've done three you've sums, did, four did, sums, eight sums. You've been Laronitis already yeah. at this point. Like you've, you've done, done, done the shunting. <laughs> <laughs> but like, sorry, just bring some topical wrestling news. Yeah, right. Mix. <laughs> I just read I just listened to a podcast that read the whole complaint of the oh. Vince McMahon lawsuit. Oh. And I was like, oh my God. Oh. Like I heard all of it just through memes, but yeah. I didn't know the whole thing. And then I listened to a podcast and like read the, the whole thing. I was like, Jesus Christ. So that's the, very top of mind the, for me right now. Just just to hold on that for a second. Like the when I saw that like complaint break on Twitter. Like the the he- the headline I read was insane because it was like Vince McMahon accused of more sexual allegations. I was like, oh, of course he was. Like he's the a number one pervert. And then it says, yeah, from twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. I was like, holy fuck! <laughs> like <laughs> he's still at it. Yeah, it's like that's two years ago. <laughs> Well, then all the all the dildos named after the wrestlers oh, and like it just was really it it's was a the, lot, guys. It and, was a lot. And then you have to think back to all like all the years when he would be in his prime. It's just all the wild shit he's probably did done then that people are probably dead. Oh, yeah. To not testify against him. This is tail end. Yeah. Of his perversity. Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, we'll learn 50 years from now that Vince McMahon was fucking Caligula. Like, oh, he was just... Like, yeah, he's the, the he's, he's, he's the Caligula of carnies, is what he is. Yeah. <laughs> he's the worst person that ever lived. This is the, the one um, thing, I, we can move on after this, but it's just like the one thing that clicked in my brain finally is like, all of these powerful people have been associated with Epstein, including Trump, mm-hmm. and Trump yeah. was associated with Vince McMahon. So I was like, why has yeah. Vince never been associated with Epstein? And that's because Vince is his own Epstein. Like, if, you, if you're if you Samuel yeah. Walton, you don't shop at Target. He doesn't need it. He needs need to go to the island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sam Walton's not going to Target. Yeah. That's a good analogy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's got his own fucking island, you know. Um, anyway, guys, that's a Lovecraftian fucking horror story. We could tell some fanfic of uh, Lovecraftian fanfic of Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon might um, be possessed by the demon from this movie. He could be. He could be. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm I'm saying I'm putting a headline out there. So here we are. Um, you know, I, I do want to fast forward a little bit because I, I the best part of the movie is is the the final sequence here. So this is like what I said, it's it becomes shell game the movie um, because the entity that is in Ephraim jumps to 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 Asa, who, who then jumps to to Dr. Derby, Heather Graham's character, then to her husband for a minute and and then ultimately to. Uh, Dr. Upton, who's uh, Barbara Crampton. And you get this big classic 
shoot them. They're the bad guy. No, 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 no. I'm the that they're the bad guy and they took my body. And, you know, and they're like, there's just this poor character. And I don't even know. I didn't look up what his name was, what the character's name was or what the performer's name is. But he plays heavily into a very um, pivotal scene in the movie. Let's see if we can find him here. I believe his uh, name's Hunter Womack, and he plays Mace Jr. Mace. Yeah. So Mace is a um, he reminded me so much. And I, I didn't look into this. You, you might have come across it. This sequence happens in this like what looks like a basement hallway of a um, hospital near the morgue. Is that the same hallway from Reanimator? When they trick the guard into letting them into the letting them into the morgue, into the storage body storage area. It really looks like that same spot, because I know that I did see just like a really offhanded blurb of saying that they were very painstakingly tried to replicate some of the scenes, you know, classic Stuart Gordon shots and and uh, and scene locations and stuff like that. Yeah, I think I think they just did a really good job of location scouting. Like I didn't see, yeah. I didn't see anything that said that they were actually on the original sets. Cause I feel like, I feel like that's something you include in the marketing of like, Hey, mm. we're, we're back in like the Riki animator sets and stuff like that. But like, you're right. It does yeah. look very, very similar of like, this looks mm-hmm. like the basement from reanimator. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they have this, the, the security guard mace. He's, he's like, He's got his gun out and Barbara Crampton is like, shoot, uh, uh, you know, shoot Heather Graham's character. Well, then Heather Graham's character ends up getting the gun. And then at this point, let me get this straight. Heather Graham. So Dr. Derby has been put into Asa's body and Asa was ends up getting pushed out the window falls well gets stabbed in the neck when they they do this thing earlier in the movie where they do a little sexy situation near the window and it's like the sexy hey you might fall out the window well then she ends up stabbing him throwing him out the window he falls they want to trap Ephraim's mind or whatever the entity is into Ace's body by kill and then kill him when she goes down to uh to kill this and this is also the part that i i frankly wasn't crazy about she runs down he's apparently still alive she's like i gotta destroy his brain so she backs into him with the car a bunch of times and you do get this cool little scene of like you see it through the you know backup camera and she mashes them all up and then stabs them a bunch and then the cops show up and you're like oh uh she sacrificed herself. Well, you know, this isn't over at this point, but she sacrificed herself to, you know, because she's going to end up now being in jail or in a mental institution or whatever to to lock the entity in Asa's body by killing Asa. Well, then you quickly learn he's not dead and the entity's still alive and the entity starts jumping around, which pisses me off because she fucked him up. Mm hmm. And why didn't it just like you could have come up with a more creative way of how Ephraim or the entity, whatever, got out of Ace's body right before it died. But instead, they're like, no, just didn't die. 
So I know this was in service of this climactic scene where Heather Graham's character basically shoots. It's it's Heather Graham actually playing Asa's character. It's Heather Graham playing Asa, shooting Heather Graham, who is in Asa's body in the head. Yeah. Like to put them out of their misery because the body's so fucked up and they're in so much pain. But then Ephraim is now in Barbara Crampton's body. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately they get, she gets trapped in there and you have Barbara Crampton. Barbara Crampton's uh, ends up in Heather Graham's body locked in the asylum while Ephraim escapes in barbara crampton's body yeah like that's 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 where we end so like i said it's the shell game situation but i guess you had to keep heather graham alive up until that point but why did asa have to be why did she have to be in asa's body i don't know could have jumped from somebody else yeah yeah it just seems too easy to jump it the, the idea of jumping seems too easy for that to be the only option. You know what I mean? I think maybe they could have done a little more with the suspense of the shell game because mm-hmm. so Asa's body with Ephraim's spirit is on the morgue slab and yeah. Heather Graham, who is still Heather Graham, is in the asylum room talking with Barbara Crampton. And mm-hmm. from everything we've seen so far, you have to be close when you utter the words. So like they're they're when well, no, they did it over the phone before, but still she heard it. That's why uh, that's why I mean, I, oh, she heard it. She heard you, it. You have yeah, to yeah, be yeah. able to hear it. So like you either have to be close or you have to call it in. So, yeah, this is this is where I, I'm kind of like, eh, I, I don't love it, especially because I kind of feel like they waste uh, the actor who plays the morgue worker. Um, His name's Graham Skipper. He's been in a lot of shit recent, recently, mm-hmm. uh, but he was yeah. he was one of the boyfriends who got killed in Christmas Bloody Christmas. He's in Scare mm-hmm. Package 2 as Dwight, which is mm-hmm. such a funny fucking role. Like, if you haven't seen Scare Package yeah. 2, Graham as Dwight really is funny. amazing. He's also in this movie called The Leech, which is pretty good as well. So check all that out. But I feel like they should have taken Graham Skipper and had like Ace's body whisper it to him because Ace Ace's body like revives in front of the morgue worker and scares him. He should have yeah like done it in Graham's ear and then Graham like that you you get more of a complicated shell game because then it turns into almost like that movie Fallen with Denzel Washington mm-hmm. and it becomes who in the staff is actually Ephraim as he's like swapping bodies to get back to Heather Graham. So he can do it one more time to be permanently Heather Graham. Yeah. Dan just has a question in the chat, which I now I'm trying to like, it's making me second guess. I know they have to say it three times. There's like a, there's a, 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 you know, some sort of occult prayer or what's the word I'm looking for. It's like a Ritual. little uh, incantation yeah, yeah. that they have to say. Right. Was there a mirror component to it? No, I think Dan's just kind of being funny, <laughs> but you don't have to, you don't have to say it in a mirror. Is he? Okay. Okay. He's just, 
Okay, yeah. I was going to say, was there? Did I miss that? Was there a little <laughs> mirror compare? Um, sarcasm goes over my head sometimes. Sorry, yeah. um, because I was like, wait, was there a mirror no. when they were in the basement? <laughs> but yeah, I why why was he able to jump real quick to another body? Just waking up in the morgue when before there had to be this whole big production to do the telephone, do it via the telephone. Yeah. Well, um, see, I think that's just part of like the entity toying with. Because like, let's just say, was that just a flight of fancy then? Yeah, the, yeah. The, the telephone. Yeah, because because okay. like there was no urgency for the entity because like there wasn't yeah. much urgency from Ephraim jumping to Asa. When it's Asa jumping to Heather Graham, it's you know like he's just toying with her because he gets her he gets her once, yeah. and then he kind of knows that like well it, it's one of those things like once you initiate the 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 kind of ritual. You know, you know, you only got to hit it two more times. I got all the time in the world. I'm a 22 year old young buff kid. I got all the time in the world to get this lady if I want her. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I guess I guess that that's the thing is like it felt like there was more of a sense of urgency. Well, but that's why I'm saying it should have been more urgent when his body is like completely trashed on the morgue slab. It should have been super urgent for him to just hit the morgue worker with it one time just mm. to hit it one time and then we already know because they explained in the lore if you hit it one time it doesn't last that long but you hit it one time to the morgue worker then you hit it one time to hit mace and then mace hits yeah. heather graham to get back three times into her body yeah and then he's heather graham yeah. for the rest of the you know, time and then they can play more shell game with barbara yeah yeah again you know i'm i'm, I'm picking at this a little bit because i think some of the rules are really loose and 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 frankly um kind of flimsy yeah but this is still the best part of the movie and i would have just loved to have seen some stickier business happen earlier you know what i mean like instead of the whole which actually wasn't that bad of a scene i mean it was it was creepy and it was uncomfortable but that's okay. That's what I want this movie to be. Like I saw some people when I was like on reviews being like the sex scene with Asa, uh, you know, and, and, and Dr. Derby was like really uncomfortable and stuff. And like, yeah, that's fucking what it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, it's right. A, that was yeah. what they were going for. Like it's, it's, um, it's such a weird, again, it's, it's a film that I, I don't want to sound like a, weird dumb old boomer and say shit like you can't make films like because obviously they did make this film but like it's not yeah it's a film that goes against like current tastes so much because very much so yeah there's so much problematic sex in this it's not just that there's weird sex it's all problematic sex and it's like the scene where asa has taken over heather graham's body and then bones out her husband and like her husband in this film is basically just eye candy meat, you know, like, like the film is filmed definitely with, you know, kind of male gaze intention about Heather Graham, mm-hmm. but also it also treats dudes like meat as well. Cause dudes are like all shirts mm-hmm. off. It's pretty, I mean, I don't think it's David Dakota, you know, sleaze of like, I, I just want to get mm-hmm. a bunch of boys shirts off, but <laughs> It is. No, it's not that, but, yeah. but it is just like, yeah, we're going to film these dudes like meat. We're going to treat them like meat. 
you know, and like that's what we're going to get wish.com Joe Manganello and yeah. <laughs> put him on here. And, <laughs> right. you know, he's just I mean, literally all he does is take abuse the entire movie. Yeah. He doesn't he, has, he plays no other character. Uh, he has no other character traits besides just to play you take abuse from from Heather Graham's character. Right. Um, yeah, this is sleazy, uncomfortable, sexual horror type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so. Yeah, that that made people uncomfortable. I think the age difference also made people uncomfortable with like the sex scene because like literally Heather Graham is like in her mid 50s and uh, uh, Judah Lewis is like in his early 20s. Yeah. So I think that's a little bit part of it. But but yeah, but also guys chill out. Yeah. One, it's acting Two, It's also like I don't want to say the point of the story, but it is the evolution of the story, because in the original Lovecraft, I don't think it's necessarily like i'm pretty sure it's not about the sex at all like no i don't think there's any sexual yeah like lovecraft like i mean maybe some undertones but i don't so lovecraft was a prude yeah for the most part yeah lovecraft was yeah. basically asexual <laughs> he or he should yeah. have been like he <laughs> yeah well he, he he was a weird uh he was a weird xenophobic like uh like he would be a a, a weird alt-right youtuber if yeah. you live nowadays yeah he would be such an <laughs> in, sure just an incel gooner just sitting around just yeah like jacking off the you know e-girls on instagram but <laughs> oh 100 he would be so into fucking and then calling them e-girl fat. hentai yeah <laughs> but like oh yeah but He's that's a problematic guy yeah but like that's the that's the evolution of this film is like the you they they gender swapped all the roles so like in the original lovecraft story uh barbara crampton and heather graham's roles were both male and yeah like it yep. was it was the wife who was basically getting abused from dr derby um mm-hmm. so like they swap all that and then they turn all of these kind of classic things that we you know assume we assume with like 90s you know horniness of like women are just treated like meat and uh, men can have sex with women, you know, half their age. So like, yeah, it does all that same stuff, but it just swaps. It just gender swaps it in this film. Like it doesn't right, right. make it not problematic, but also it also just kind of just, I don't know, evens the field in a way. It's just like, yeah, we're doing, we're doing all those tropes and we're doing it through the lens of like, yeah, Hey, women can do it too. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's gross, but it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I I like I think Heather Graham is a good casting decision mm-hmm. for that as well, because I think I, you know, people think of her as like a little bit more of, you know, she tends to play very kind of uh, happy go lucky type of characters. Um, and, and in this instance, it's, you know, very much the opposite. So yeah. I think you give her a little bit more latitude in that way. But I think my ultimate qualm with this movie and. I like I said I like it I, I like it I thought it was really unique that above all the I'm gonna like a movie or not like a movie is if it feels unique and it feels like something I've not seen before but I just felt like uh, it left a lot on the table um, and from from a from a cosmic horror perspective and I want I thought it was gonna be more pure, pure horror and less erotic thriller which if I'd have came into the film under the right pretense. I might've given it a little bit more leeway there too. But I think the other thing to consider is like, there are long stretches of this movie 
long might be strong, but there are stretches of this movie that just are fucking boring too. Yeah, I think I think that's more front loaded than you're perhaps uh, remembering. I don't. It's not. It, it's not really that boring after things get going. Once once you get to the scene where Asa has swapped with Ephraim and he cuts Ephraim's head off, this movie is off the rails because that is. That's it. That's it. it. Honestly, you're exactly right. Up until that, I was just like, come on, get something going. And, I, and I'm a slow burn guy. Like, I like slow burn. Yeah. But whenever you have this setting, if it's I always use the use this example. This movie sticks in my head for whatever reason, because it has some like very jarring scenes and sequences. But I don't know if you remember the movie Hagazusa from like maybe 20. I didn't I didn't see it. 18, 20, 19. It is a slow burn, mm-hmm. big droning score, very little dialogue, a, 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 a classic slow burn. And then it goes to some wacky places. Sure. But like that movie feels like it earns that because it's set in the fucking medieval, <laughs> almost dark ages type of thing. Yeah. So it's just like the monotony. This movie is set. This is this is supposed to be a low budget 90s erotic thriller like give me some silliness give me some <laughs> wackiness like do some fun make it funny make it fuck i'm not saying make it you know seventh curse where it's just you know just chaos from the first second <laughs> but just like throw make it keep me interested until the craziness happens yeah. and i feel like they just didn't yeah there's not there's not much in the way of comedy comedy like i mean you, there's things you can laugh at for just like their pure silliness like again the scene where he cuts his head off there is so much blood for like it's too much blood. There's too much blood. It's crazy. It's, it's a great right. fucking sequence. And like you can you can yeah. laugh at that just from like the standpoint of like that's so silly that there's so much blood, and then his mm. head is fucking talking at the end. Like that's a crazy thing to do. So like you can laugh at that, and like that gets you to perk up. Um, because I mean again, like we we're saying, it, it's a little it's a little slow to get started. Uh, but even even the scene where she's having the sex dream about Asa going down on her and then he turns into Bruce Davison and dumps her out the window and then there's the fucking wacky brain tentacles saxophone going on <laughs> in the background as she yeah, falls yeah. out the window. I mean, I don't know that rules. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just it's good. It was good. It's just the whole the whole package for me hits exactly what this movie should look like even if it is slow even if there are points where mm-hmm. like again you mentioned wish.com joe manganello like mm-hmm. I, i'm sure that guy can act because he he's in a lot of stuff he's he's a character actor in a lot of stuff he plays a lot of sheriffs but in this yeah, in, yeah he does in this yeah, yeah. film he has so little nothing to do but that's exactly what mm-hmm. a film like this would do is just make a super one-dimensional all you are is like a sex uh, uh, like a sex partner that's all you are in this film Mm -hmm. and like your beefcake yeah so like i don't know i just i uh, i i like this film and the fact that it's just a total throwback and they nailed they nailed all the little bits even if those bits are bad they nailed them so yeah 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 the only thing the only thing i would change is just do more shell game at the end that's all yeah i suppose so i i I should watch this movie again i think i i do suspect that i'll like it more upon second watch Mm -hmm. um 
But, uh, uh, you know, when I come in thinking cosmic horror, I, I think my expectations were a little wild. There's mm. some, I, I think also like, I don't know why there's a double standard here because we were talking about the mist last week, uh, or two weeks ago, right? Two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's some really God awful CGI. Now that was, uh, in 2007, yeah. there's some God awful CGI in that. And it was totally acceptable to me. There's some God awful CGI in this that I was just like, that threw me out. Um, I was doing psychedelics so that maybe that was <laughs> things for a wide and wild place, but you get the idea. Like, uh, I don't know. It just, I wanted this movie to be more based on how much it was hyped up and the Lovecraft thing and everything. And then it just took me in a different direction. So I like it for what it is. Maybe seeing it through a different, you know, a different lens will help me upon the second watching. Um, but yeah, overall, Fun movie, absolutely worth a watch. S- streaming on Shutter if you've got a Shutter subscription, so you can uh, so you don't have to pay for it uh, outside of your subscription. So you know, go fucking check it out, guys. Any like any final thoughts? Any wrap up? Anything you're like, I wish I could see, or hey, if they do something similar in this vein in the future, would love to see. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think this is kind of just like a nice like closing on the book of. Uh, like Stuart Gordon's legacy. And I think we're, mm-hmm. I think, I guess we're kind of pretty good with where this stands. I did want to mention one back to filming locations. Reanimator was filmed pretty much all in Los Angeles. And this film was filmed in Jackson, Mississippi. So there, mm. so it probably isn't the same basement that we we're yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, we didn't bring up is the writer for this film is, uh, Dennis uh, Paoli and Dennis mm-hmm. basically yep. wrote all of Stuart Gordon's other films. So he wrote Reanimator. He ran all the screenplays. Yeah. For, yeah. He was the screenplay guy for Reanimator and for and for the Beyond, too, right? Yeah. And from Beyond and Dagon. So. And Dagon, too. Okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah. he's. Um, and, and Castle Freak. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So, like, Castle so, Freak. so again, you know, with Brian Yuzna producing and, uh, Dennis writing it's it's still very very much a Stuart Gordon tribute I think it I think they pull it off I enjoy it I I was trying to figure out because I wrote in uh on our on our Patreon I I had seen this movie like way before it came to Shutter even like when it was still pay yeah on pay platforms yeah. I was trying to figure out when I actually wrote about this film but like even back then, I was like, "Yeah, we have you, you guys gotta watch this movie." I want. I maybe I just want some Jeffrey Combs. Maybe I just want some Jeffrey Combs. I'm a sucker. You, we we know this. You are uh, uh, the the production side a sucker for. I'm a, I'm a sucker for characters, mm-hmm. and I just needed. Maybe I just needed me some Jeffrey Combs. As much as I liked Heather Graham in this, I feel like she felt a little out of place um put barbara crampton in the main character role give me some jeffrey combs now it feels more like Stuart Gordon. not that you have to have those people right <laughs> but something about the idea of having like the star power of of heather graham maybe is what threw me for a loop i don't know yeah I don't know. It, she just didn't enjoy it as much as i thought i was going to yeah she definitely does feel like an odd choice um just because like, it's like I don't know what her connection to Stuart Gordon is, but 
the other yeah. side of that is we're t- we're talking about how like her role before this film a lot of the times is like you know roller girl or the austin powers films she was treated basically like as eye candy and ma- like male gaze eye candy whereas like mm-hmm. this film she gets to turn it around and she's much more like in control like she still is like hot in this film and is doing hot stuff yeah uh, but you get and you get you see her boobs, yeah. and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Which, listen, I'm not complaining about, but it's it's she she does a great job. Yeah, she does a great job. I have absolutely no issue with it. It's just it 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 is a bold, uh, bold casting decision. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's bold, but it, it lands. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Jeffrey Combs, if you want to see him doing some great acting, that uh, that onyx, whatever in the fortuitousness, the whatever the fuck the name of that movie is. It's so hard to remember now. I'm, what were those words that you now said? Now I'm being an old man. <laughs> Onyx the fortuitous well, and the talisman of souls is the film. Oh yeah. 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 Talisman of soul. I remember. Okay. Jeffrey Combs. What, what is uh, Yeah. Jeffrey Combs is the bad guy in that. He fucking rules so hard. He's so good in that movie. Oh, he's so great. I'll watch anything with him. I'll watch anything with him. I, I have a, uh, I'm a big, reanimator fan and i have a lot of reanimator things action figures and fucking shirts and stuff like that and my kids we're we're reading the harry potter series right now so mm-hmm. we're working our way through all the books you know kind of reading before bedtime my kids whenever they see anything uh herbert west they call him harry potter uh, so they just they get him confused with harry potter quite often because of the uh uh the the, the i guess the glasses i don't know um all right, guys, that was um, Suitable Flesh uh, from 20 and 23. Steve, do you want to talk about what we're going to do for the next mini or do you want to wait and make it a surprise? Uh, I think just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm always all in the fence of like announcing what we're doing just because I hate when things fall out. Things shouldn't fall out. Mm. We have a guest yeah. supposedly confirmed. But I hate yeah. when things fall apart. So I because I, I don't want dis- to I don't want to disappoint the audience. But um, we yeah. should probably try to get. Uh, we don't reach out to guests very often. Yeah, we're like, very lazy that way. I would say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're I, the I'm I'm saying right now ninety five. Pretty much every guest we've ever had has reached out to us. Yeah, or we have co- we have t- ended up talking to in the DMs and said, hey, do you want to come on the podcast? Right. Um, the only person who i ever actually reached out to and said we would love to have you on the podcast if you're interested is barbara crampton she did not respond (laughs) justifiably so (laughs) there is literally no reason why she should um but if you have somebody who's like hey i have a contact with this person or we should reach out to this person and listen we're not saying uh you know uh, uh heather graham here or something like that but you know people who 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 you think would would guest on a podcast who are who who are fans of the genre and like to talk about the genre and nerd out and stuff like that we always love those connections because again we are lazy and pretty much <laughs> only have guests who fall into our hands right um but <laughs> But I'm looking forward to that because that should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, Ken Arnold reached out to us and he's like, hey, uh, you should check out, you know, the film I did in 2016, The Night Watchman. I watched it. It's mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. Like, it's just kind of a, a like a, a, it, it's a throwback comedy. Um, 
in that there's just like a lot of dick and fart jokes, like a lot of fart jokes. And it yeah, feels yeah. like, oh, uh, I'm trying to think of a good like, I don't know why I keep thinking observe and report because there it's also mm. just security guards. But it's like, you know, there's buddy cop stuff, but also there's like the hazing the new guy. So it's like, oh, it's it's like waiting, but with clown vampires. <laughs> <laughs> It's like waiting, but with clown vampires. Yeah. I mean, I was sold on waiting. I genuinely love that movie. Yeah. Because when you were describing, I was like, is this super troopers y? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's also like super love, troopers. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wish I love too. These are two, these are waiting is underrated. That used to get some network playtime, but then all the crew jokes would get pulled out because the funniest thing about that movie, and this is some real early 2000s shit, is showing people your privates. Yeah. Which turns out louis ck got into a bunch of trouble with can't that. do that but i worked when that when that movie came out i think and waiting um was at the time or right around the time i worked at bob evans oh god like in high school <laughs> and so it just really hit with people who worked in the yeah. service industry yeah. um it was like a phenom everyone talked about it. love that movie thought how funny it was because it was i mean that's that's what working in the service industry in your teens and 20s is mm -hmm. everybody's just fucking each other everyone's just high as fuck uh and everyone is just goofing off and being assholes and doing terrible things to people's food like that's that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it is so um no that's that that sounds fun i'm really excited to 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 talk to him and and, and to watch the movie i haven't watched it yet so join us on that next mini show for it yeah, everybody can watch The Night Watchman. It's on Tubi. Um, he's also in a small part in Satanic Hispanics that we can talk a little bit about. And also, you know, Last Night at Terrace of Lanes. So you can go back to that episode. Yep. But yeah, uh, hopefully we'll talk to Ken Arnold next episode. Yeah. Hey, guys, great opportunity to join the Patreon so you can get on the Discord and jump on uh, with Mr. Arnold uh, as we discuss his movies and ask him questions and those types of uh, guest um, episodes. It's really fun. It's particularly fun to have people in the Discord to ask questions mm -hmm. and that sort of stuff. And, and, and also the guests always really appreciate that, too. So if you're on the fence and you're thinking, hey, I might join that Patreon. I've been wanting to do it, but I just didn't click on that whole thing. Go over to our uh, social medias. Let's go to Instagram, for example. Click on our link tree. Click on Patreon. Sign up. Five bucks a month. You can jump on there. Join us on the Discord and you get a bonus podcast and all that cool stuff. So last yeah. plug of the night, boys. Um, anything else I'm forgetting? If you got clown suggestions, yeah. yeah. If you got clown suggestions, yeah. send your clown suggestions. What did we call it already? What's going to be the great, the great clown caper March 2024? What do we yep, call sure. it? Sure, clown. We called it clownomania. No. We called it cl uh, March clownness. It's you know, it's it's no, a working. No, no, call, you called it that. Yeah, you came up with a better one after that though. Yeah, I called it clownomania. I called it clownomania. Because we were talking wrestling. Clownomania, March clownomania. Yeah, yeah, you're right. March clownomania. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. But if you got a better name, if you got clown suggestions, yeah. please, please and thank you. Yeah, send your clown suggestions. Actually, the the gentleman we were just talking about um, a second ago, Graham Skipper. Yeah, he's in a clown um, movie. Is in, he's in a clown movie, which I'm 100% going to watch. Um, it is a, a relatively recent one. Uh, well, 2016, not that recent, but 2016, uh, Space Clown. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. You call a movie <laughs> Anything close to that, I'm watching it. Space Clown? Space Clown? Yeah, I'm fucking watching Space Clown. You, you think I'm not watching Space Clown? I'm watching Space Clown. I'm down for Space Clown. 
<laughs> I'm down with the clown, especially if he's in space. So uh, just kind of to close the episode out, I wanted to jump back to something we were talking about before. We talked diagnosis murder last episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so you good. talked about how like the you you threw out an episode that was absolutely insane. I, I, Did you watch? You watched that I watched one. that episode. We about yeah, it. I watched that episode. Yeah. Got me completely hooked. I'm in for that show. So I, <laughs> it's so funny. I started jumping around on the Pluto app and watching other episodes. I watched mm-hmm. one that based just off the episode's name alone. It's in season two. Uh, it, okay. It's called the Bella Lugosi Blues. Oh, hell yeah. It's more insane, I think. And then... After that one, I was just like, you know what? I just got to start the entire series from the beginning. So mm-hmm. I found an even more, more insane episode. It's season one, and it's the fourth fucking episode. So I'm so happy that it, because I haven't watched any in season one, and I'm so happy that it, that it starts that bonkers. Yeah, it starts, like, not every episode is insane, but... Yeah. There are insane fucking episodes, and it goes to the fourth episode. The fourth episode is called The Inheritance of Death, and it is Dick Van Dyke doing a full-on nutty professor to the clumps, in which he plays... Like he's in a fat suit? No, he plays four different fucking roles outside of the one he usually <laughs> plays. <laughs> he plays... This guy's... Guys... This show, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> he plays he plays like an entire family that's like connected to him. Like like his character, Mark Sloan, has this yeah. whole cadre of rich cousins that live in a mansion together. <laughs> and he plays all of he them. Plays- <laughs> he plays all of them. Oh, yes. Yes, please. It is, it please is thank fucking you. bonkers, this goddamn show. Like not every episode this is, is crazy, quite- but... Dick Van Dyke is such a treasure because he is, is he still alive? I feel yeah. like he's still alive. Yeah, he's in, like in 95, he's like 96. He's hundred years old. Yeah. 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 Really. And he is just, de- speaking of clowns, this man's down to clown because I, I really get the feeling they gave him, because he's the big name in the show, like obviously by far. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like they just gave him carte blanche to just do whatever he likes and this is what he likes. He's like, yeah, I'll play four characters. Yeah, yeah. Like just, just kookiness. There's so there's so many episodes where he is roller skating or doing soft shoe or doing pratfalls. He's doing just Dick Van Dyke stuff. That is like all it feels completely unconnected to the character, but he forced it into the character. He's just like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like doing Dick Van Dyke stuff, so I'm gonna keep doing Dick Van Dyke stuff on this show too. <laughs> Yeah, he, I'm going to have a cane and I'm going to have a fucking little, you know, straw, like little hat. And I'm just going to do some some jigs. Yeah. And I'm fucking Dick Van Dyke. I'm going to do whatever I want. Yeah, it's it's is, yeah, it's such an insane show. Like, I think <sighs> the, the episode you showed me is so off the fucking walls because there's like crazy line deliveries that make no sense. Oh, my God. What's her name? The one girl, the one woman, I, I looked up her name and I don't remember it, but she's a very she became I think she ended up being a, a pretty big character on I want to say Law and Order. Um, her and her the, the, the performer plays her sister. The ca- the line deliveries are 
out of this world mm -hmm. in that episode. That's the season five episode that I talked about. Yeah. But did you watch the uh, Baby Boomers too? No, I didn't get to that one because I did. I just oh, like, you're gonna like that. It, it just yeah. Now you're starting from the beginning. Yeah, I just so. started from the beginning. I just said fuck it, and I went from the beginning. So like, it'll be a while before I get back up to there because I, I wanted to see if it was a thing of like, does the show just degrade into madness? Because it, it feels like there's certain directors that understand the show's supposed to be a comedy and they're, you know, yeah. and sometimes the episodes are comedic. There's always like mm -hmm. little bits, like they're doing little bits and skits for no reason in a lot of episodes. But like there's one yeah. episode I was watching where like a priest builds a fucking bomb. Like, it, <laughs> like it's just, yeah. it's just putting well, shit together. I, I only watched season like five and six or four and five and not even all of them just those were all the episodes i watched were from those seasons because that's where it was it's running on one on a cable channel somewhere that that is carried not not cable but fubo you know so i have like fubo mm -hmm. live tv and it's running on one of those channels and that's where we found it and so we were just watching it live as as where there are in the franchise um or in the series. So I have not went back to Pluto and started from season one, but I'm so excited to learn that the first season is as bonkers as the rest yeah. of them. Yeah. And then there, like also yeah. there's just like a lot of guest stars that you go, Oh wow. Cause like, uh, I've seen so far, I've seen Betty white, Dom DeLuise and oh, I love Dom DeLuise. Um, oh, what, what, what was the, uh, the name of the mom from that 70s show, Deborah Rupp. Yeah, she's great too. Yeah. She's really funny. There's, I mean, yeah, I can only imagine in that time frame what kind of great fucking cameos they can get on there. Yeah, man, Dom DeLuise cracks me up. Um, anyway, guys, uh, here's here's what you should do. Do yourself a favor. Uh, do some do some drugs, right? Do some weed, mm -hmm. you know, maybe do some psychedelics if you're feeling froggy. Watch yourself just as you're getting up to speed, right? Watch yourself punish your war zone. <laughs> then as a palate cleanser, just fade into like three to four episodes of diagnosis murder while eating like a whole box of like cocoa puffs or something. <laughs> you're in for a treat, guys. This is going to be your whole your your Saturday night is set. Yeah. Set in stone. Maybe maybe All maybe right. start yourself a series of doing diagnosis ketamine and just watching ketamine <laughs> or watching diagnosis murder on ketamine. Guys, guys, you want to get down a K hole, a diagnosis K hole? <laughs> do it, do it, you guys. Live your life, live your life. We're all going to be yeah. Our, listen, this is what I like to say. I say my, it's myself. I say it to my my friends, my family, my coworkers. When I'm really stressed out. I take a lot of, of solace in this. I say, guys, don't forget, someday worms are going to eat your eyes. <laughs> and then that makes me feel better. <laughs> None of this matters. Do ketamine. Worms are going to eat your eyes. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. On that note, um, for the Halloween's Forever crew, I'm Brian. And I'm the Columbo reference I forgot to bring up that happened in Suitable Flesh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you later. See you in the K-hole, boys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>